Storycast listeners, this is Anya here with a few announcements. So first, uh, announcement number one. As you've probably noticed, we've taken a break in production. Uh, We didn't announce it in advance because it wasn't planned, and then once it started, we weren't really sure what to say because we weren't sure how long it would last, and it was easier to just say nothing. Uh, So on behalf of Alan and I uh, both, I want to apologize, and I hope that you can forgive us for not communicating better about our plans. So some more information about the break and our future plans. Since the spring, Alan has been going through some personal and family issues that drained a lot of his emotional and mental energy, and these things turned editing the show from something he enjoyed into something that he dreaded. Um, And we weren't sure how long the spell would last, and we wanted the show to maintain a consistent editing style, so we never seriously considered me taking over editing. And I also wanted to make sure that Alan knew he had my whole support for taking his time and working through these challenges. And so we're making the show as a hobby because we love it, and I wanted to make sure that it stayed this way and that it didn't become something that we just were doing out of obligation. Recently, Alan has turned a corner, and so while we may not be putting out shows consistently every single month like we did before the break, we definitely plan on having an episode out on December 1st, and we are going to do our best to keep up with the monthly schedule after that. I've also been using the time off on my end to start working on another podcast that will be released soon, so expect to see the trailer for that show in this feed sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, Second announcement number two, our December show will be about the movie Obvious Child starring Jenny Slate, and when we recorded it back in May, I had not yet seen season five of Parks and Rec, where Jenny Slate plays the amazingly irritating Mona Lisa, John Ralphio's sister. And so in the intervening months, I have corrected that mistake, and I just have to say, wow, that certainly is a character. I'm really glad that I knew her from Obvious Child first, because Mona Lisa is so delightfully terrible, she almost ruins Jenny Slate as an actress of normal people for me. I just had to get that out there since we didn't mention it at all in the original episode that we taped. And finally, announcement number three, which is not really an announcement, more like bonus content. While I've spent the past few months mulling over what I was going to say about our break, I kept coming back to an infamous 2009 blog post written by Neil Gaiman about Game of Thrones author George R. R. Martin called Entitlement Issues. And, um, And sharing this blog post with you, I don't want to seem defensive, because literally everyone we've talked to has been super supportive about letting us take our time to get the show back on track, Um, so thank you everyone for being so patient. But as I've been thinking about Alan's struggles and the show's struggles, um, and how hard things have been for so many people over the past two years and several months in particular, um, this blog post really helped me let go of some of my own expectations for myself. Um, And it has helped me be kinder both to myself and to Alan. Um, So I wanted to share it as a way of just saying this. Making art is hard sometimes. Creativity and the fact that any of the art that we love exists at all is a miracle. And so be kind to artists who make the things that you love 
And be kind to yourself if you're an artist, either amateur or professional, who's been struggling lately. It's okay. It's okay to take breaks. You can always try again once you've let your creative well recharge. Also, Neil Gaiman is hilarious and sassy as fuck, so I hope you enjoy it, and as usual, the link is in the show notes. Entitlement Issues, May 12th, 2009. Hi, Neil. I've recently subscribed to George R. R. Martin's blog in the hopes of getting some inside information regarding when the next Song of Ice and Fire book is due to be released. I love the series, but since subscribing to the blog, I've become increasingly frustrated with Martin's lack of communication on the next novel's publication date. In fact, it's almost as though he's doing everything his power to avoid working on his latest novel. Which poses a few questions. One, with blogs and Twitter and other forms of social media, do you think the audience has too much input when it comes to scrutinizing the actions of an artist? If you had announced a new book two years ago and were yet to deliver, do you think avoiding the topic on your blog would lead readers to believe you were being slack? By blogging about your work and life, do you have more of a responsibility to deliver on your commitments? Two, when writing a series of books, like Martin is with The Song of Ice and Fire, what responsibility does he have to finish the story? Is it unrealistic to think that by not writing the next chapter, Martin is letting me down, even though if and when the book gets written is completely up to him. Would be very interested in your insight. Cheers, Gareth. Um, And here is Neil's response. My opinion, number one, no. Number two, yes, it's unrealistic of you to think George is quote-unquote letting you down. Look, this may not be palatable, Gareth, and I keep trying to come up with a better way to put it, but the simplicity of things, at least from my perspective, is this. George R. R. Martin is not your bitch. This is a useful thing to know, perhaps a useful thing to point out when you find yourself thinking that possibly George is indeed your bitch and should be out there typing what you want to read right now. People are not machines. Writers and artists aren't machines. You're complaining about George doing other things than writing the books you want to read as if you were buying the first book in the series was a contract with him that you would pay over your $10, and George for his part would spend every waking hour until the series was done writing the rest of the books for you. No such contract existed. You were paying your $10 for the book that you were reading, and I assume that you enjoyed it because you want to know what happens next. It seems to me that the biggest problems with series books is that either readers complain that the books used to be good, but that somewhere in the effort to get out a book every year the quality has fallen off, Or they complain that the books, although maintaining quality, aren't coming out on time. Both of these things make me glad that I am not currently writing a series and make me even gladder that the decade that I did write series things, in Sandman, I was young, driven, a borderline workaholic, and very fortunate. And even then, towards the end, I was taking five weeks to write a monthly comic, with all the knock-on problems and deadlines that you would expect from that. For me, I would rather read a good book from a contented author. I don't really care what it takes to produce that. Some writers need a while to charge their batteries and then write their books very rapidly. Some writers write a page or so every day, rain or shine. Some writers run out of steam and need to do whatever it is they happen to do until they're ready to write again. 
Some writers haven't quite got the next book in a series ready in their heads, but they have something else already instead. So they write that thing that's ready to go, prompting cries of outrage from people who want to know why the author could possibly write book X while the fans were waiting for book Y. I remember hearing an upset comics editor telling a room full of other editors about a comics artist who had taken a few weeks off to paint his house. The editor pointed out repeatedly that for the money the artist would have paid for those weeks' work, he could have easily afforded to hire someone to paint his house, and made money too. And I thought, but did not say, but what if he wanted to paint his house? I blew a deadline recently. Terminally blew it. For the first time in 25 years, I've sighed and said, I can't do this and you won't get your story. It was already late. I was under a bunch of deadline pressure, my father died, and suddenly the story, too, was dead on the page. I liked the voice it was in, but it wasn't working, and eventually, rather than drive the editors and publishers mad waiting for a story that wasn't going to come, I gave up on it and apologized, worried that I could no longer write fiction. I turned my attention to the next deadline waiting, a script. It flowed easily and delightfully, was the most fun I've had writing anything in ages, all of the characters did exactly what I hoped they would do, and the story was better than I had dared to hope. Sometimes it happens like that. You don't choose what will work. You simply do the best you can each time. And you try to do what you can to increase the likelihood that good art will be created. And sometimes, and it's true of authors as it is of readers, you have a life. People in your world get sick or die. You fall in love or out of love. You move house. Your aunt comes to stay. You agreed to give a talk halfway around the world five years ago and suddenly you realize that the talk is due now. Your last book comes out and the critics vociferously hated it and now you simply don't feel like writing another. Your cat learns to levitate and the matter must be promptly documented and investigated. There are deer in the apple orchard. A thunderstorm fries your hard disk and fries the backup drive as well. And life is a good thing for a writer. It's where we get our raw material for a start. We quite like to stop and watch it. The economics of scale for a writer mean that very few of us can afford to write 5,000 page books and then break them up and publish them annually once they are done. So writers with huge stories, or ones that, as Sandman did, grow in the telling, are going to write them and have them published as they go along. And if you are waiting for a new book in a long, ongoing series, whether from George or from Pat Rothfuss or from someone else, wait. Read the original book again. Read something else. Get on with your life. Hope that the author is writing the book you want to read and not dying or something equally as dramatic. And if he paints his house, that's fine. And Gareth, in the future... When you see other people complaining that George R. R. Martin has been spotted doing something other than writing the book they are waiting for, explain to them, more politely than I did the first time, the simple and unanswerable truth. George R. R. Martin is not working for you. Hope that helps.